Hello, it is your host, Johnny from Johnny's Book Reviews. They say to help inspire you guys to go read. So, go read. Basically, this site is to inspire you guys to read anything and everything, right? I used to read non-fiction books, and now I read everything. Poetry, fiction, romance, sci-fi, horror, whatever it is, I read it. And there's a lot of lessons that I've learned from those books and applied to my life, and ultimately it has changed my entire life for the better. Now, for the schedule for March, if you guys want to skip forward, three minutes or so i'm going to talk a little bit about the march schedule so again on march 3rd i talked to you guys about where i had an episode over morning routines called my morning routine by benjamin spall and michael alexander book review if you have not checked that out definitely check that out it's a great episode over morning routines how i'm able to do so much how i'm able to have so much fun in my day uh morning routines is essentially it i've been able to do a lot of things specifically in the morning and the morning routine is by far the best thing i've incorporated into my life and again everything my morning routine evening routine is all focused on the other important thing the most important thing that i had to focus on for the last several years is my sleep it totally shifted my entire health mental and physical health and the week after that was an episode over lewis howe's book called school of greatness this is over the late lessons he learned from the people that he's interviewed so he has interviewed the best minds out there from robert green to mel robbins etc and he provides those interviews on his podcast and you can listen to that wherever you listen to podcasts but uh, he has around now 1300 episodes where he has interviewed the best minds out there now you can take notes kind of learn from all these people etc and apply those lessons to your life and that's really what he wanted you guys to do with your you know, emotional health, spiritual health, financial health, physical health, mental health, etc. And that's it's so important. This week, I am re- uh, reviewing Amlet series by Kazu Kabushi. It's a great series over a young teenager called Emily, who is basically now has to take control and and lead this group of people to victory, basically. So the, the world that she's a part of now called Alita is being controlled by a villain but also you realize that there's also another villain out there so she has to ultimately step up lead and make sure that these people don't die because if she doesn't lead if she's if she doesn't do it right these people die and so she steps up very young around 14 years old and this is a really good series. Next week is over another young leader who took initiative over taking tr- control of her kind of country over the land the entire series. So it took her a little bit to kind of figure out her powers, figure out her leadership style, etc. But I think she did a really good job nonetheless. But again, this is over another one, a uh, young female leads their team to potential victory that one launches that episode launches next week on the friday 324 the episode that launches next week 
And if you guys couldn't guess, it is the Thorn of Glass series. I'm going to be talking a lot about that. That episode will probably be around an hour and a half to two hours. I might break it up. We'll see. But that's going to be a crazy episode. And stay tuned for that. That's by Sarah J. Moss. There's eight books in that flipping series, man. And I'm going to be not talking about all of them. I'm going to be talking about some of the more important books and then kind of talk about why I didn't really like the ending, how overall this series wasn't that good for me. Uh, and it was kind of the first book that I series that I read that was in the fantasy realm. And honestly, I might not touch sci-fi again, but we'll see. But again, I'll talk a little bit more about that book, Sarah J. Moss's uh, series, Thorn of Glass series, next week. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit about another great, powerful fiction book. Uh, it's called Speak by Lori Alls Anderson. This book is about sexual assault. Uh, specifically over a young, uh, you know, a young adult. This is a powerful book. If you've not read it, definitely uh, read it before this episode. But again, it's Speak by Lori Alls Anderson and launches on that Friday, March 31st. All right, that is the March schedule for March. A lot of great books, and I'm really excited for this uh, this month. So yeah, March is a slated month. There's a lot of good books that I'm reviewing. Again, I'm going to be reviewing kind of like a mixture from nonfiction to fiction to romance, etc. So definitely stay tuned. Podcast schedule will be uploaded on my Facebook at Johnny's Book Reviews. So definitely check that out. Also, Instagram at Johnny's Book Reviews. So I'm really excited about this kind of month. There's a lot of good series that I'm reviewing, a lot of fiction books that I'm reviewing that are really good. And then also, of course, some great nonfiction books. So definitely stay tuned next month is going to be insane as well so i just can't wait for that i'm going to be reviewing a lot of good fiction as well as non-fiction books for next month i'm not really sure what i'm going to be reviewing yet but i'll let you guys know soon but in this episode i'm talking about endless series by kazoo kabushi i'm going to be reviewing it discussing what i liked about it what i didn't like about it any lessons that i got from it i mean there's a ton of lessons in here that you know i've applied to my life really asked some questions ultimately to my life and really, like, wrote those questions down in my journal and really thought about them. I'm like, huh, what would I do in this situation? I think that's really pivotal for really change. And that's really what I have been doing with these kind of lessons. Asking the question of what would I do in this situation? You know, what if I was in this situation? Whatever I was in this person's shoes, whatever, etc. You know, sometimes it's kind of hard to relate, obviously. But again, like, for me, I like to kind of think about you know, in that situation, what would I do? What do I do differently? How would I lead, etc., or whatever it is. Uh, and that's how I kind of think about the thing, uh, the lesson. And that's how I'm able to apply that license in my life if applicable. But most of the time it is uh, an applicable lesson that I can apply, either that be changing myself or, you know, tweaking my leadership skills or kind of working on my mental health, etc. And it's so important. And so I'll be talking about those lessons a little bit more in depth. But without further ado, let's get into this series. This is a wonderful series. It took me a while to write this review for you guys, but I've been it's been a really exciting one. So let's let's get into it. If you guys want to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Goodreads, and Twitter at Johnny's Book Reviews, definitely do that. I provide a ton of reviews on there as well. So Goodreads is just uh, review based. 
Now, for my other social media handles, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, etc., those are the ones where I provide you know my reviews, but also videos over the books, and then also provide little pictures of you know signed books I get or pictures of quotes I see from books that sparked my interest. I provide a ton of stories on my uh, Instagram page, so definitely stay tuned for those and definitely check that out at Johnny's Book Reviews. And follow me, of course, too. And then also I provide a short every day over over a book that I see, a signed book that I'm getting or have collected, or a review over a book. Um, I'm going to probably hit it more short reviews on that platform, so definitely stay tuned for that. But, again, you can uh, follow me on YouTube at Johnny's Book Reviews. So follow me and uh, get awesome tips and book reviews and also videos, short videos of books that I think look cool, etc. And then also my website at johnnysbookreviews.com. I have a ton of book reviews that I haven't been able to put on here yet. So definitely look at that. I have also a lot of reading questions that I have on there, like how do I save money on books? How have I not spent any money on books, etc., etc. And one year I, I spent no money on books and I provided a blog on there. So definitely look at that. If you guys want to support this channel, you can give a donation from $2 to $10 per month that helps out provide better reviews for you guys or help with equipment, etc. to provide better reviews. And then also, if you guys want to support this channel too, we I have merch on the uh, bonfire.com at Johnny's Book Reviews. I have a Read Bands book where I have eight band books that I sparked my interest and that I've read. And, you know, they go over a wide range of topics, sexuality, gender, sexual assault, mental health, etc. And I thought those books were really good to put onto the shirt. And so that's what I did. Read Band books. I have two lines. And then I also have a Go Read line, Challenge Yourself line the Johnny's Book Reviews logo line. So definitely check that out at Johnny's Book Reviews on bonfire.com. And then, of course, follow this podcast for more reviews that comes out every Friday. So I'll I'll drop an episode every Friday, roughly around 8 to 10 a.m. So definitely check that out. Stay tuned and follow or subscribe to this podcast. So have you tried Kindle Unlimited or and or audible if you have tried those services you kind of know they kind of suck let's be honest here kindle unlimited gives you a good amount of ebooks but most of the time it's just independently published books now they do have some books on there that are popular but most of the time it's not the case it's mostly independently published books and the other thing with audible is that you or you basically pay $15.99 per month, which is insane for only one book. You only get one credit, so that one credit buys you one audiobook. It's horrible. And so you have to wait until the next month to buy another book. No. Why don't you buy or potentially start up a membership with a program that allows you to have access to 500,000 audiobooks and over a million ebooks and magazines. This is called, but Scribe is essentially Kindle Unlimited and Audible combined. Kindle Unlimited and Audible and steroids. It's so much better and a better option. And also, I love 
saving and helping people save money, specifically on books because it's so expensive. And then also audiobooks are hella expensive, right? They really are. They're roughly $20 to $25 per book. Now, here's the thing. Scribe.com allows you to have access to their entire library of books. Again, 500,000 audiobooks, 1 million ebooks, and magazines for only $11.99 per month. That's insane. That's saving you hundreds to thousands of dollars per month if you read avidly like me. Like, if I was going to listen to the amount of audiobooks I listen to per month, which is roughly four to five, that's almost like one to two hundred uh yeah, one to two hundred dollars per month. That's insane. I'm saving that much money, roughly. That's unbelievable. No, that's that's insane. So also the other benefit, the cool thing too, is that they have a ton of bestseller books that uh they add on there so they have a lot of new release books like for example i was able to get i'm glad my mom died by jen mccurdy i was able to also listen to christmas carol by charles dickens i was also able to listen and i'm going to listen to greg gatsby by f scott fitzgerald it's it's so cool because they have a lot of older books and then also new release books and i love the selection they have it's so much better than kindle unlimited and then also the price, I'm able to get so many audiobooks for a better price than Audible. So, all right, if you use my, my referral link at scribe.com, S-C-R-I-B-D.com slash G slash 9R7FCS, you get two months free. Uh, this basically allows you to kind of check out the... The, uh, the website and see what they offer. They, again, they offer 1 million audiobooks, ebooks, and magazines. It's a pretty good offer. Actually, it's one of the best offers I've ever heard of. And it's only $11.99. But hey, you get two free months with that referral link. So it's scribe.com slash G slash 9R FCS. Again, you get two free months. Definitely check it out. Start listening to awesome audiobooks. And again, it's scribe.com slash G slash 9R. 7FCS. So first off, what is this series about? And I did mention it briefly in that introduction with the March schedule. Now, if you skip past that, I'm going to talk to about that this series a little bit more. So this series follows Emily on her travels and her journey to save this alternate Earth. And it's called Alita. Now, she came across this new Earth when her mom was taking from one of the, the creatures who lives in Alita. And essentially, this brings you know Emily into the world of Alita and how she actually now has to take control and lead the people to safety and making sure that the villains don't con- take control and destroy Alita forever and destroy the people in there as well. Right, this series is written by Kazu Kabushi. I'm not going to review each book, of course, but for each of re- my reviews over that book, like how I liked about it, etc., check out my Goodreads page at Johnny's Book Reviews. Actually, that's review where I review all of my books, so definitely check that out. And again, Emily is very young. She's leading. She has to lead, but basically what ultimately happens is she she finds her grandfather, and her grandfather tells her, Emily, that she's 
one of the key stone keepers and she has to find the stone keepers to kind of make sure that and to kind of lead these group of people that she has uh specifically now you know with her brother and then uh her great grandfather's friends that he he found and made in this world ultimately she's supposed to lead those people to safety and then also, like, when she meets other people in the other towns in this earth, Alita, uh, she's supposed to kind of lead those people to safety. But basically, she's trying to prevent the, the villains to take over the, the earth, take over Alita, and destroy it, basically killing everyone. So she starts to develop powers with this stone that she is and she has, and she's trying to take control of it. Now, the biggest problem with this stone is that the stone takes control of its host. And so it, it basically asks a question to the stonekeeper, Emily, in this instance, where like, hey, you want me to take control? And what ultimately happens is if that does happen, the stonekeeper or ba basically has their entire mind memories white and basically the stone takes control of everything they're basically the person is not the person anymore it's the stone taking control and so emily would be gone right she'd be disappeared emily would still probably be like the figure still be outside like she would look like emily but or have like the personality of emily she'd be like like on a robot essentially uh, basically getting controlled by this stone. And ultimately, she has a very hard time controlling this stone, but I think she does a really good job. And basically, the biggest thing is not making sure that the stone doesn't take control of her mind. So she not only has to kind of fight these villains, but she also has to make sure that she doesn't allow the stone to take control of her uh, her mind as well. And so uh, it's it's pretty crazy. But that is essentially the series, and it's an absolutely insane series. Who's uh, Kazu Kabushi? Now, this is the author of this series. Kazu Kabushi was born in Tokyo, Japan, and moved to California in 1982. This is actually similar to my, what happened to my dad. My dad grew up in South Korea and moved to California when he was 10. Cool to, to kind of see that, similarly, uh, that kind of similarity. Dad grew up in South Korea. He now lives in in the united states well he lives in maine but it's kind of cool to see kind of that situation actually pretty close to california he was born in colorado springs colorado now he started the endless series in 2008 during the kind of the financial crisis during that period of time where the real estate market kind of crashed now they haven't been finished yet it has been well over five years to finish the last book in this series, number nine. Yes, number nine is coming out. Kazoo got back to me on Twitter, and he stated that he's almost finished it. And a couple of days later, he retweeted or basically tweeted that he has only a couple more pages to color. And I think those last couple pages will take him a roughly a month to two months to finish. So after that, I think uh, when he's done those pages, he's going to send that manuscript to Scholastic and then Scholastic will print them out and then kind of announce a date for the Amlet series book nine coming out. So I think 
when that announces, because it will probably retweet it on his Twitter account. So definitely stay tuned for that if you guys are interested. But again, it's coming out. I was trying to figure out a specific time frame. I asked him, hey, late uh, late 2023 or early 2024. He couldn't get back to me about a specific date because he wants Scholastic to announce that. But I think it's going to be either late 2023 or early 2024. We shall see. I'm really excited. I cannot wait. But yeah, this series has been in the works for... 15 years and so it's it's been crazy how long it's been and the the work he's put into it you know he he not only writes everything but he also draws everything and then of course he also colors everything so it just takes a lot of work to put in for these specific books again for example number nine has taken him almost five years and it will be five years because i think the 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 release of this book will probably come out late 2023 maybe summertime but we shall see. I cannot wait. Here's the thing. A series, when I read a series, it has to be good. It has to be, like, you know, captivating. It has to catch your attention. And honestly, the first book should be, like, kind of subpar, and then it should kind of get better and better. Or more or less, it should be, like, good. You know, the first book should be good. And then, like, by the time you get to the eighth book, you're like, wow. This is so good. You know, like this is great. You know, a series for me has to do really well. If it doesn't, I'll put the book down and never touch it again. For this series, I didn't do that. I read every each one, and each book got a lot better, and I, I really liked it. With From character development to, you know, loving the fox to loving and taking care of, you know, from, you know, loving the characters in this story, etc. Like, this was a really good series. Now, some series, like, I've read that are really not good. For example, the U series by Caroline Kemp's. This is kind of a, a story about a book-selling murderer. And essentially, it goes through kind of him killing people, kind of stalking and killing people. The first book is great. Right. And then it kind of goes down from there because she talks about him stalking and killing people in both in all the three books. I'm like, dude, like. Why are you repeating this? And I, I didn't finish the third book because it was like kind of the same thing. He was stalking someone. I was like, oh, this is going to lead to him potentially killing her. And so I was like, OK, I'm done. And so with that, like there's no the series just declined. Uh, and to be honest with you guys, uh, the next series I'll talk to you guys about is the Thorn of Glass series. And in that series, I really didn't like it as well. So the first couple books were really great. I really liked the first couple books. They got up to the point of after Tower of Dawn and after Empire of Stones, the kind of series for me kind of declined. Uh, I didn't really like it that much. And... Honestly, I didn't really like Kingdom of Ash that much. Actually, after Emperor Stones, the last book is Kingdom of Ash. And I didn't really like Kingdom of Ash. And honestly, I thought it didn't really need to be a thousand pages. It was too large for me. I got really bored, honestly. You know, for me, this was the first fantasy series I've ever done. And I might never touch fantasy again. Because 
of this series just was horrible for me. But those are the kind of the series that I didn't really like. The series that I like now is the Amulet series. Uh, normally, I don't typically read series, so I'm just trying to, you know, get get into there. So we'll kind of see. But this series is hella good, and I highly uh, recommend it. So despite my busy schedule, right, put everything aside, focus on the series, and if I do that, right, if I really take the time to stop what I'm doing and just read and not worry about anything else, that means it's a really good book. Sometimes I'm not able to do that. Sometimes the books that I have are not really that good. So it just kind of depends. But this series was really good, and you know, it made me kind of go into another world, kind of made me think about the situations around Emily, the world around her, and you know, made me think uh, like being a different place. And honestly, that's what I would like when I'm reading is like, I really don't want to worry about anything. It's like more of a meditative state for me. I really don't want to worry about anything. And I didn't with this series and I just kept on reading them and, oh, so good. What did I like? Now, number one is the art, man. I believe Kazoo does some of the art on his computer. He also does some of the work with hand. He's a great artist, which is shown in this series. You can see that. This is absolutely insane. I love the pictures in the book. The color and the detail in the characters is insane. This is a big reason I'm starting to like comics more because I'm just fascinated in the art the author does. You know, to be honest with you, I I draw sometimes. I haven't drawn in a while, but, you know, uh, sometimes when I draw, it's, it's decent. Now, again, like if I really work on it, it could be a lot better. I, I always like drawing Spider-Man for some odd reason. It's one of the, the characters that I love drawing. Sometimes I do it well, sometimes I don't. It just kind of depends. Now, if I focus on drawing a little bit more, maybe getting my drawing on the computer and maybe coloring it, that would be pretty cool. But I don't know. Uh, it's always been a like kind of a passion of mine, but not like a full passion. Like I wouldn't do it every day. It's kind of a thing that I would do kind of if I didn't have anything else uh, to do. That's kind of what I would do. To be, for me, to be honest with you, uh, drawing takes such like dedication, time, and everything like that. It's like working on a podcast. And for me, I'm not really that passionate in drawing to do that. But some people are, and I, I really appreciate that, like Kazoo. And, you know, it's just absolutely insane how you do it. When I was in art class in high school, it was so much fun. I had a lot of fun, you know, there was a picture that I had to do like over myself. Like I had to draw a picture of myself and I thought I really did a good job. I thought I looked like really me and I thought I really did a good job. I don't know where that picture is at the moment, but I think that's the best picture I've ever done. And I, I probably will never get back to that area ever again of our expertise. You know, what's crazy is I tried doing art in at Denison, which would have been pretty insane. So I had to buy all of the art supplies. And it was like close to like almost $500 with all these art supplies, everything that I had buy. I'm like, fuck this shit. I'm dropping out of this class. And I moved on to another class, bro. Oh, my God. I think I would have had to stab myself in the eye if I had to do that class. I mean, it looked it looked fun. It had some promise. But I know that I would have been working heavily in that class to kind of get where I want to be. Cause I, I work really slow, especially with drawing and everything like that. With like, 
with the picture that I had over myself, it took like almost a month, I think, or two months or something like that. It, it took a long time. I had to stay after school and it was just an entirely entire mess because like I take a long time with a lot of things, not only schoolwork, but also art. And that's what I did. It is what it is. Another thing I really liked is the character development. I mean, the characters in this book are teenagers, right? But they are awesome, you know, and I also like the fox. The fox came in roughly around the second book, and I really like the fox. And the fox's name is Leon Redbird. But you know that technically the fox had a curse. So it was a person, but now he's a fox. And I really like Leon. Leon is probably one of my favorite characters of all time in that story, as well as Emily. I love Emily as well. I mean, both of those characters are great. And then Emily's brother. I mean, come on. Uh, Naven Hayes. He's the brother of Emily. He's really great. There's a ton of great characters in here, and I just, I just can't pick my favorite one. So, yeah, Emily, the main character, and her brother must adapt quickly, start acting like adults, and lead. Basically making sure that Alita doesn't get destroyed and doesn't kill everyone. Or basically the villain doesn't kill all these people in Alita. So, yeah, everyone's counting on them to save Alita. If they don't, everyone dies. It's pretty intense, but this story provides some great characters to grow quickly. And you get a lot of information on those characters, right? Emily becomes more confident in the way she leads. It helps also that she learns more about her powers and how to control them. So Emily's considered a stone keeper, like I said, where this stone gives Emily's powers. The problem is that the stone has the tendency to control the person. If the stone takes over, Emily's mind, including her memories, disappear. There's a little time, so Emily must grow quickly or else everyone dies. So there's not too much violence or death in this book. There's a scene where Emily's father dies and a side character dies, but it doesn't provide the graphic picture of them dying. If Kazoo did this, it would have been considered more of an adult book. His general audience is geared toward kids, which I enjoyed. He provided the powerful message about death without it being too gory. Yeah, I'll talk a little bit more about that, but about the death method message. But yeah, he provides that message and it was kind of powerful and i really enjoyed that honestly i like the trajectory of of the story the characters and not having graphic scenes which i really enjoyed what did i not like nothing again another solid book i haven't read many i haven't read many books in 2023 that were bad i only stopped one or stopped reading one book which was stone blind by natalie haynes Whew. That book was essentially about the perspective of Medusa, and there was a ton of people's perspectives over this character, and there was a too lot. There's a lot for me, and I couldn't really do it. Honestly, I'm not really big on kind of the myths books as well, and so I had to stop, and I probably won't get back to that book. But last year, at this time, I had a good amount of books that I just couldn't finish. A lot of books that just sucked, and it just, I was like, wow, what's going on here? But not this year. There's been a lot of great books that I've been reading, so a lot of poetry books. I just finished Milk and Honey by Rupi Carr, such a great book. This is a poetry book 
and you know it talks about healing talks about trauma and the pain for that trauma this is just a wonderful book and then i've read the amulet series some of the spider-man comics now too Kendall Reeves has a graphic novel that I'll probably read as well. 1984 by George Orwell turned into a graphic novel, so I'll probably read that as well as the the book. I read the graphic novel for Great Gatsby, which was a phenomenal book. I'll probably read the actual book too this year as well. You know, there's just been a list of books that I've really enjoyed this year, and I I cannot be more excited for the next couple months. I, I feel like this year is going to be a really good year for books that really captivate me or make me interested in those books. Uh, right now I'm reading Flicker in the Dark by Stacey Willingham. This is a book about the daughter's perspective of her dad killing six girls in the summer. 20 years later, you kind of get in the aftermath of what happened to this girl and she still hasn't talked to her dad who has killed those uh, girls. And I was thinking that the dad was wrongfully convicted, but apparently not. Uh, apparently there's a copycat killer. I'm not really sure. I'm still thinking that, hey, maybe the dad was wrongfully convicted. I don't, I don't know. But he did admit to the murder. So if, he's, if he did that, if he admitted to the murders, then... There's probably no chance that he didn't do them. You know what I mean? So I don't know. But again, that's a really good one. And again, there's a lot of books out there that have been really good for this year. And I, I just can't wait for the next couple months. It's going to be really good. All right, buckle in, ladies and gentlemen. What are the lessons in this book? And the biggest one I'll talk about, which is why I say buckle in, strap in, listen, take notes, whatever it is. But the big lesson in this series is leadership. You know, leading at such a, a young age is so hard to do. How do you do this when people are you leading is triple your age, right? Hard question. But in this instance, the majority of people respect the stone people, stone keeper, and will listen to them. Emily has an even more difficult time because she's still learning about her powers, how to control the stone. And learning about the new alternate earth she's in now, she also has to speak well. She has to communicate well. And she's still learning all these things. And it's crazy, especially to put that on a 14-year-old. You know, school doesn't teach you that, right? <laughs> you got to, the school right now is leading it in the, this alternate earth, which is, which is crazy. Uh, crazy times, but I think she leads really well. Communication, working with others, getting feedback from others to grow. Emily can't lead without strong people around her, and this is so true in any team that someone is leading, or you know, in any anything that you're trying to do with your life, with business projects, etc. You can't do anything alone, and one can't do it all alone, and shouldn't. You know, you need to learn from the people around you, get feedback from those people, and outsource any activity or project to other people that's what you should do you know it provides a little bit less stress on you but also if you are not good at that project you should definitely outsource it to somebody that is good on that project and that's kind of what ceos do that's kind of what leaders do that's what you have to do especially once you're uh, leading an army to make sure that 
everyone survives in a leader, right? So I have an example of a young leader, and this is a kind of a business example. I'll provide another example that's not business related, but this is kind of a example I have. It's the over a young leader who began slicing meat for this mom and pop sandwich place, right? And the 17 year old saw the opportunity when the sub shop was being sold. So he took the bank loan and was able to purchase it for only $125,000 at that time, which is actually pretty good, right? I'll tell you that a little bit more later, but this is a pretty good buy. Now, after several decades and almost a bankruptcy, he turned this company around, making it into a billion-dollar company, having over 2,000 stores nationwide. There's so many stores here in Maine. I can't believe it. Now there has to be a Canes. There should be a Canes coming in Maine. Honestly, hey, Canes, if you're listening to this, you should definitely get a Canes in Maine. Now this is one of the most profitable sub shops around. So it's crazy that he bought this company for $125,000, and he's turned it around into a billion-dollar company and basically one of the, the better companies to work at, too. That's what I've heard. But it's crazy. You know, this is a true story of Peter Cancro, who has been the CEO, Chief Executive Officer of Jersey Mike's for over 43 years, ever since he was 17 years old when he bought the company. That's unheard of. That's crazy, man. I did not know this. I read this this story on the Jersey Mike's site when I was buying like kind of subs there. I was like, I was kind of interested on the story of Jersey Mike's and I didn't know this man, Peter Cancro, has been there as a CEO for 43 years. And this crazy thing is, too, is like I've been watching some videos over him. And the crazy thing, too, is like as a leader, you have to get down and dirty as a CEO. And that's what he does. He he'll he'll go into the shops around the nation and he'll just start cleaning the grill and he'll start making a sub he'll get his hands dirty and that's what i really like as a ceo he's not he doesn't he actually kind of tries to still figure out what works what doesn't work for his company and the only best way to do that is to grit and dirty on making the subs doing it himself and helping out you know the people that he's working with at the stores that he's going to that's how you do it man you got to get grit and dirty in a I really like that as a CEO, as a leader, you have to do that. You got to lead by action, man, not by your words. And I think him cleaning the grill, getting right into it, right when he walks in, that's that's how you do it, man. And some leaders, some CEOs don't do that. They come in and they don't put in the work. They don't do what they need to do. They, they kind of watch you and they they don't put in the work. How are you going to learn from that? How are you going to learn how how to make this sandwich a little bit better? What's way, what way can we improve this sandwich? How can we make this a little bit faster? How can we make it more efficient? How we can we make it better tasting, right? And I think the best way to do it as a leader, as a CEO, is to get down and dirty and just fucking make it yourself, man and help out the coworkers to kind of get that. And so you get experience with that. And so you know, like what works, what doesn't, et cetera. And that's, that's so key. I think also a big thing that Peter Kankrow does is really talk with his coworkers and people that he works with at these restaurants. He talks with them 
and kind of figures out like what works, what doesn't work. And he just kind of gets the feedback from all these coworkers. And that's so important. I think one of the, the big things like with a CEO, the domino CEO should do that. Get ground and dirty on what works, what doesn't work. I, I, I haven't really, I really don't look at the, or haven't looked at the CEO for Domino's story. I don't know if he does this, but he definitely should do it. I think any restaurant CEO should get grit and dirty and actually work behind the scenes, you know, flipping burgers or making a sandwich, doing the cash register, man, instead of just like wandering around the store and just looking at everyone else. No, like do something, man. And I like leaders that do that. You know, the it really shows the younger generation as well as the older generation, whoever works, right? Whoever age works that day or wherever, you, you kind of see the aspect of someone putting in the work. And that's how you do it. Right? If the CEO, if the person like like the head honcho is working and putting in that work and you see that, you're gonna put in work. And if you don't then what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> like, if I have someone, like, if I had a partner or, or somebody that was working, and if I wasn't working, then there's something wrong. You know, I'm always moving. I got to be always moving. And, you know, if I see someone, like, doing the dishes or something like that, I'm all, I'm going to be doing something, like, cleaning the floor, mopping the floor, fixing or cleaning the toilets, whatever it is, I'm going to be doing something. And so I think that's really important is you got to put in that work, man, put in the work. And if you see someone else work, put in the work. And I think that's really important with relationships too. It's like significant others. It's like, if you see someone do the dishes, you shouldn't be sitting on your own, do something, whatever it is, laundry, the recycling, the trash, the bottles, whatever it is, do something. And that relates to this, too. It's like, if you see the CEO or see someone work and they're telling you to work, I mean, hey, you better get down and dirty and work, man. Come on. All right, another example is Malala Yousafzai. So Malala spoke up publicly about education for women. Sadly, this put a target on Malala's back. So while she was coming back from home, from school, she was shot in the head. And this didn't stop her, right? So she had to kind of move to England. Actually, she had to move to England, and that's where she recovered. And then at age 16, she spoke at the United Nations to provide kind of the lesson, like kind of the idea of, hey, education for women should be everywhere. She became the youngest person to get a Nobel Peace Prize, an award given to the person who gives the greatest benefit to the humankind. Malala received it and is the youngest person to receive this prize. So speaking on a topic that almost got her killed on a public platform is insane. This is an example of stepping up and leading. Malala had the decision, right, over if she would live a quiet life or she would make the most of this new life she had been given. She has a target on her back still, and people don't like the fact that she is providing this powerful message over how women should be educated, especially with countries that don't really support that. You know, we in the United States support that, but definitely in countries in Africa and Asia don't really support that. So this is a very powerful 
message. And that's what she's providing. Hey, education, this right, this basic right should be provided for every woman out there. And I totally agree. It should. Because honestly, let's be real here. Woman change this world. Now, of course, like men change this world too. But women also change this world. And I think in the in the peace and time, we got to understand that men and women, if we work together, we will change this world and ultimately make it probably better than it will ever be. As of right now, though, that's not really work. There's a lot of separation between that, and I, I think there has to be a little bit more effort, a little bit more support they need if they need it, etc. Like, I think there should be uh, a little bit more work together on uh, for those two specific groups and you know not only that but also with other sexualities and genders out or other genders out there too is that everyone should work together conjoined together diversity wise uh, sexuality wise gender wise work together and it's going to make ultimately a lot of these topics and issues that are around this world a lot better you know diversity sexuality, gender, education, etc. So she decided the last option and now has made a platform called Malala Fund where you can donate to help provide education for women all across the world. So these are just two examples of young leaders who stepped up, led, and took charge. It makes you wonder, right? These questions. What would you do in this situation? What would you do if you led a company at 17 years old? What if you had to initiate the change toward women having a basic right education they should have? What if you had to lead an army for battle at such a young age, like Emily or like Selena in the Thorn of Glass series by Sarah J. Moss? Who will listen? Will we win? I ask these questions myself, and you know, I wonder what I would do if I was a young leader. At age 16, I was very immature, didn't talk that much, and I was scared. I was very insecure as well. I had a lot of fears that were eating me away. My insecurity was eating me away. It was a lot. But at that age, I was very immature. I I think if I was a leader at that age, it would be very difficult. right? I think young Johnny would have to step up and change his entire life if I had to become a leader at such a young age, either that be owning a big business or leading an army for battle. Of course, I would have to put my insecurities and fear, like, I would have to look at them face up and fight them uh, a lot sooner than I did, right? And I did that over the last couple of years, especially in college, and I had to really open that up, like speaking, do presentations. I had to work on that so much in at Denison, and it has totally shifted my life, uh, speaking and working on the fears that I had, speaking to people, having those presentations, you know, it's kind of crazy, and, you know, I, I don't really mind speaking in front of a crowd now so you know of course i'll get nervous but not as much as i used to so this leadership lesson is important to anyone it's also important for managers ceos owners and anyone else who has a leadership role the attributes of being a good leader is what i'm working on right and i've been working on it and i think the biggest thing as a leader is that you got to work on yourself you gotta look at your fears you gotta look at your insecurities face on and be like, okay, how the f- do I get this? How how the hell do I work on this? You look at them, you journal them, and kind of figure out how the hell you do it. You know, my biggest fear 
or one of the you know the crazy is like i used to do a lot of roller coaster like i used to ride a lot of roller coasters you know i've done upside down roller coasters etc and it's funny is i actually started to develop the fear of heights later on in my life well after i've done those those roller coasters so i don't know really what happened but ultimately for me i kind of want to get i don't really like heights but i'll obviously still kind of like go up to the skyscrapers and kind of look down etc i'll still do that i kind of want to skydive though i really want to do that i think that would be flipping awesome i'm not really worried about that actually i'm really excited about that opportunity i had the fear of speaking especially in front of a crowd and i'm I don't really have that fear anymore. It's not really like something that I do now. It's it's like I had that fear and at Denison speaking at multiple like events and multiple classrooms. Like, like I don't have that fear anymore. It's just like, it's, it's easy. After a, a little bit, you kind of figure out what you have to do. You kind of look at other people, et cetera. It's, it's pretty straightforward. But again, you got to look at those fears. You got to look at those insecurities and you got to work on them. You got to work on yourself. You got to grow. You can't be immature. You got to be better. You got to you got to grow in yourself. And that's, I think, really big because people are watching you, right? People are watching you. People are watching you, what you do, et cetera. And it's huge to improve on yourself, lead by action and do what you got to do. So for me, this is what I'm doing. My management role where I work putting in thanks to the people who go above and beyond for the company, coach people who might need a nudge and orchestrating tasks for people to do, you know, being a manager and leading, be able to communicate well, not too much, right? Not provide too much pressure, but enough, enough edge to get the the point across. You know, I think that's really important. And, I, and I'm still learning that aspect, but it's, it's one of the things that, I am enjoying so much is now I got to step up. Now, the biggest thing for me is as a leader, I had that weakness as a leader and a manager is to kind of step up and do what I need to do. And now for me, I have that kind of spotlight, right? I'm, I have to put in that work. And now as a manager, like now I got to face that insecurity, that fear, insecurity of not anybody listen to me or the fear of not leading well really face on those insecurities and fears and just get after it being a manager for the last year has just been totally shifted that uh perspective and really helped me to focus a lot more on leading the team and making sure that i'm not pressuring them too much leading by action and communicating as much as humanly possible for them so if you want more information on leadership, a great book on leadership is by Robert Iger. Iger was a CEO for 15 years. Recently, he was forced out of retirement to take over as CEO because the prior CEO wasn't doing a good job. If a company does this, it means you did something right. Iger is a great example of a leader, and this book has a ton of lessons in his perspective on how he was able to do it. This is a book I would recommend reading if you're interested to learn more about leadership. Highly recommend. It's one of the powerful business books that I've read about leadership. Now, I did review this book in a prior episode, so if you've not checked that out, definitely check that episode out because it's one of my favorite episodes. I talk about how uh, Robert Iger acquired a lot of businesses for Disney. We're talking about Fox. We're talking about Pixar, Marvel, 
Star Wars, etc. How do we how did you we acquire all those businesses and all came down to trust? Right? But I talk a lot more about that and how he did it in that episode. So definitely check that out. Another thing, and I think a good topic to talk about a little bit more in depth here is control your mind. The plot of the stone at taking control of your mind is an important concept to dive deeper in. And I think we should do that. I think the analogy of it is that you can't allow your thoughts to dictate what you're doing. Now, this is kind of hard, right? This is difficult to manage. But one of the ways to combat this is to always have habits scheduled throughout the day, have positive habits, work on those habits, starting with your morning routine. The other thing to work on is to go to counseling and therapy. Both are important to be able to get that help. It's not bad to get help. Honestly, I think everyone should go to therapy or counseling. But essentially, I say that point because sometimes your mind is scattered. Sometimes your mind controls yourself, but it, it's hard to control it when you have like anxiety, depressing thoughts, or even psychosis. So definitely get uh, counseling or therapy if you need it. And I think everyone should get counseling or therapy, either that be for your mental health. I think that everyone should do that for your mental health. It takes a, a little bit to find that counselor or therapist, but it's definitely worth it. Or, and then also getting a counselor or a therapist for relationships. I think that's really important as well. It's really going to open up about that relationship and really start out what you as partners need to work on. And I think that's really important. All right. The other lesson is death. This is an important lesson because people are going to die. It's rough when this happens. You lose someone you've loved. You can't get them back. How do we handle these situations? The thing I would do is to grieve, cry, be sad, go to therapy and counseling. If you need to take a couple days off to a week off. Right, take the time to grieve and heal. The person that died would want you to continue on, so do just that. There's going to be moments that you feel sad, and this is normal. Right, Take a break and experience those feelings. I wouldn't bottle up your emotions. Let it all out. Express it to a therapist and counselor. Now, again, for me, it's like that, that's going to happen sooner or later. Someone in my life is someone very important to me is going to die. You know, not only that, but like people like close to you, coworkers, whatever it is, like that kind of scares you when something bad happens. Somebody I knew, somebody recently just had a heart attack, and I kind of got scared. Honestly, I kind of got scared of ultimately what would happen. You know, it kind of made me think about me. It made me like, wow, like, holy gosh, it makes you think like. The people around you not going to be there. And you got to wonder, like, the people around you could die tomorrow. And that's what I I asked myself, like, what would you do, like, hanging out with this person? What are you going to do to kind of enhance that experience? Would you be satisfied if you left today after you hang out with that person or whatever? Would you be satisfied? To be honest with you, kind of realization was putting blame on myself. So one of my one of my brothers from another mother man, like his mom died recently of cancer. And I was very close with him and his family and his mom died. The the cancer went all through the body and I had the opportunity and I should have just came down here into Maine just to say goodbye. And I almost and the thing is like when I said goodbye to her like going back into college for that spring semester 
I didn't think that was going to be the last time talking to her, and it was. It was bad, man. Um, I grieved a lot. I mean, it was hard. It was a hard time. I... And, you know, I didn't hug her. I didn't do anything like that. And I leaving her in that situation, like, saying goodbye is not as good as I wanted it to be. And so whenever I say goodbye to people, I usually say goodbye, like, the I didn't hug them or say uh, the goodbye that I wanted to give them. And I wasn't able to talk to her before she passed away. Sadly, she passed away. And I wasn't able to talk to her. It still haunts my mind a little bit, you know. But I, I, we have to, we have to continue on. And I, I think she would want me to continue on, improve on what I need to do, and keep on grinding. And that's what I'm trying to do. I think that's huge, and it's a huge lesson. And book talks about this a, a little bit more in a powerful message, without being too graphic. And I really like that. Again, this, it's a, it's a hard topic, but it's a. It's a powerful lesson in itself. Last lesson I'm going to say is if you want to, you should definitely do or kind of go after your passion, right? So Kazoo went after his passion and wrote a series over, you know, wrote a series. But basically, he not only wrote the series, but also provided art for that series. And what I'm saying is he went after his passion of putting the work and portraying his art for a lot of people and portraying his ideas to young readers all across the nation, all across the world. And it's pretty crazy, right? So go after your passion. Do what you want to do. For me, I've always loved reading. I always looked at my past. What did I do when I was younger? Ultimate question I would ask yourself, right? What did I do when I was younger? A young adult teenager whatever it is right what did i do what will i do now right well, look at your past and look at what things that you did did i color did i draw did i read for me i read i went to the library i went to the bookstores i went everywhere i wanted to go and at a young age I wanted to be around reading i wanted to write i wanted to be at a bookstore and Honestly, I wanted to inspire people to read. I wanted in, in, I wanted to actually be the movement behind people kind of reading again. And so that's really what my inspiration and my mission is to drive people to read. It all started when I was younger. It all started when I was a young buck. You know, we're taking out 30 to 40 books at the library, not finishing all of them, but, you know, fin- you know, kind of reading a good amount of them and having some fun with the books that I've read and having some enjoyment with it. And I carried over and then I was like, Hey, you know what? Let's form Johnny's book reviews. And so here we are. So I went after my passion, right? And it's crazy because I've always wanted to work at a bookstore and I'm really glad that I've had the opportunity to now. And it just, it makes it a lot easier for me to review the books and enjoy reading a lot more working at a bookstore. I mean, I, I love it, man. I love every day that I do. I think that's an ultimate good question too, is not only like what you do in the past, the past, would you want to do that in your future? Would you like to do that for a career? Like, would you like to do that if you weren't getting paid for it? But if you get paid for it, like, would you do that? Uh, would you 
want to do that for 20, 30 plus years. And for me, yes, I would. I would love to do what I'm doing right now for the rest of my life. And I would do it for free. I would do it. Everything that I'm doing, right? Bookstore, writing, whatever it is, I would do it for free. That's ultimately the biggest thing, right? I think that's a big question to ask yourself. And I think the other big question to ask yourself is what makes you happy? What drives you? Right. And I think that should dictate what you do as a career and what you should do in your life. And again, it goes back to your younger self. Your younger self was happy at one point, or basically your younger self had a moment where you did something you really enjoyed. And so the biggest thing is go back to that moment. For me, it's like sometimes you got to act like, like a kid, but also, you got to do what you or your younger self, younger Johnny did. And for me, it was reading. And so I, I just base everything around that now. Reading, writing, selling books, whatever it is. It's what I do now, right? Boom. So the biggest thing for me is what makes me happy is my career choice, right? Changing my career choice, having a lot of fun reading. And honestly, every day I'm, I'm really happy. I've never been happier in my entire life life. Let me say that again. I haven't been happier in my entire life. This is the happiest I've ever been. There's some powerful, happy moments that I've had in the last several years. A lot of happy moments. There's some moments like that, you know, there's like memories and everything like that, like for the day or whatnot, but not as consistent as, as it's been. I've never been happy for two years in a row or three years in a row, whatever it is. Uh, Well, roughly two years, right? I've never been happier. It's just unbelievable, bro. It's crazy. Despite the the amount of debt that I owe, I owe $124,000 right now. I'm I'm paying it off slowly but surely. Uh, It's slowly getting to 121 right now, 122. But essentially, I talk a little bit about my journey of paying that debt off in another episode so definitely check that out but essentially with all that debt like i have to work a little bit more so i'm working two jobs but it's still with that like i'm still happy i'm still enjoying what i do and i really really enjoy that and the crazy thing is too is like i don't even know i don't even know what i would feel like when my debt will be gone i'll be so liberated bro oh my good gosh i'm happy right now I don't even know what I would feel at that time period. And hopefully in four, roughly four and a half years, that debt will be paid off. And holy gosh, that's going to be an interesting moment. I cannot wait. But that's the last lesson I say to you guys, right? Ask those two questions. Essentially, what did you do when you were younger? And would you want to do that for your career? Would you want to do that right now? Would you want to do that maybe as a hobby or passion? Or would you like to focus on that a little bit more? And then I think the second question is, what makes you happy? And again, look at your past. Look at your childhood, younger childhood, and what they did dictate that life. And I think those two questions are really good for like kind of determining your passion. What do you really like to do? And if you should continue it, focus heavily on it. And I think honestly, the biggest thing is 
your happiness. Your happiness matters more than anything else, and I I totally agree with that. That's the, the important factor, right? It's your happiness, your mental health, taking care of your mental health, and doing what you love to do each and every day. And I think those two questions are important to ask. And that's what I'll say about this lesson. All right, that is it for the episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Again, this series is one of the best series I've ever read. It's a kid's graphic novels, but that really shouldn't matter because it actually is really good. It has a ton of lessons, and I mentioned those. Again, we're talking about death, talking about leadership, and then also talking about the passion, right? Your passion, asking those two important questions. What did you do as a young kid, child, adult? Uh, what did you do? And what were you passionate in? And would you like to do that for 20, 30 years? Or kind of like focus on things that make you happy, essentially. Now, you don't have to do what you're, you, know, you did at a younger age. Basically, what I'm trying to say is just do what you're happy with doing. I mean, that, that is like an hour or two hours. But if you do really want to pursue that career, if you really want to do that, then I highly suggest it. And for me, I was always around books, so it only made sense for me to work at a bookstore or even at a library. And so I chose the bookstore. So, but yeah, ultimately that's the, that's the biggest thing, you know, go after your passion, do what you love to do and uh, get after it. But that'll be it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you guys want to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Goodreads, and Twitter, Johnny's Book Reviews, definitely do that. Provide a ton of reviews on there as well. So Goodreads is just uh, review-based. Now, for my other social media handles, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, etc., those are the ones where I provide you know my reviews, but also videos over the books, and then also provide little pictures of you know signed books I get or pictures of quotes I see from books that spark my interest. I provide a ton of stories on my uh, Instagram page, so definitely stay tuned for those, and definitely check that out at Johnny's Book Reviews. And follow me, of course, too. And then also I provide a short every day over, over a book that I see, a signed book that I'm getting or have collected, or a review over a book. Um, I'm going to probably hit it more short reviews on that platform so definitely stay tuned for that but again you can uh, follow me on youtube at johnny's book reviews so follow me and uh, get awesome tips and book reviews and also videos short videos of books that i think look cool etc and then also my website at johnny'sbookreviews.com i have a ton of book reviews that i haven't been able to put on here yet so definitely look at that i have also a lot of reading questions that i have on there like how do i save money on books how have i not spent any money on books etc etc and one year I, I spent no money on books and i provided a blog on there so definitely look at that if you guys want to support this channel you can give a donation from two dollars to ten dollars per month that helps out provide better reviews for you guys or help with equipment etc to provide better reviews and then also if you guys want to support this channel too we i have merch on the uh bonfire.com at johnny's book reviews i have a read bands book where i have eight band books that i sparked my interest and that i've read and you know they go over a wide range of topics sexuality gender 
sexual assault, mental health, etc. And I thought those books were really good to put onto the shirt. And so that's what I did. Reband books. I have two lines. And then I also have a go read line, challenge yourself line, the Johnny's Book Reviews logo line. So definitely check that out at Johnny's Book Reviews on bonfire.com. And then, of course, follow this podcast for more reviews that comes out every Friday. So I'll, I'll drop an episode every Friday, roughly around 8 to 10 a.m. So definitely check that out. Stay tuned and follow and or subscribe to this podcast. But that is it. Thank you guys so much for listening. And you guys, again, if you guys want to support this podcast, uh, you can donate monthly from $2 to $10. And, and thank you so much if you do. It will help out this podcast, providing better reviews for you guys. And then also, lastly, Stay tuned for next week. I'm going to be diving into the Thorn of Glass series by Sarah J. Moss. It's going to be a lengthy episode, so it probably might be an hour to two hours. So I might break it up into two parts. We'll see. Uh, But stay tuned for that next week. I'll see you guys next week on Friday.